today's date, March 31st, 2020. Many people had hoped for this pandemic to be over in April, but as each week passes, the infected cases continue to climb. The US surpasses Italy and China for the highest amount of infected cases. And there's a good chance that by the time you hear this, the US will have already passed 200,000 cases. But just because a country has a high number of infected cases, that does not mean it runs parallel with the death toll. Italy still is showing a high number of casualties, with a total of 12,000. But it's important to note that this is because Italy has a higher percentage of senior citizens, with 20% of Italy's population being over the age of 60. Whereas in the US, it's approximately 16%. With many countries having to adapt to the situation each day, global leaders turn to South Korea, which is seen as the golden standard for dealing with this virus. South Korea has shown the results of successfully flattening the curve. Currently, South Korea has 10,000 cases, but sees an increase of approximately 100 cases per day, whereas in Canada, we see close to 1,000 new cases a day. The test kits used in South Korea have now become the international standard for testing, and countries all around the world are trying to learn from them. Here in Canada, we are seeing many measures being put in place to prevent social gatherings and slow the spread. You may have heard this sound the other day if you lived in Ontario. Which displayed the following message. Travelers returning to Ontario, you are at high risk of spreading COVID-19. You are required by law to self-isolate for 14 days. Do not visit stores, family, or friends. Everyone should stay at home to stop the spread. This comes after many people are refusing to adhere to the rules regarding social gatherings and self-isolation. Parks and other public spaces in Toronto now have signs that say, due to COVID-19, all parks amenities, including playgrounds, are closed. To help stop the spread of COVID-19, residents should stay home except for essential travel. Practice good physical distancing, two meters apart or the length of a hockey stick. But even with these signs up, people are not listening. In response, Toronto's mayor, John Tory, had this to say. They're tearing the signs down and then they're taking the tape off. Uh, people were using the uh, off-leash parks yesterday uh, when they had clearly been told they were closed. So we've had to padlock them all. Now we've done all that. We've had to replace the signage. But, you know, come on, people. I mean, we are doing this not because we're trying not to be nice. We're doing this because this is what uh, the health officials, the health authorities tell us we have to do to stop Toronto uh, from going in the direction of New York City or worse. We just can't do that. We don't want to do that. It's going to involve loss of life for our fellow Torontonians. It's going to involve huge strain on the healthcare system, many more people being sick, and it's going to involve this lasting a lot longer. Please focus on the fact that what we're doing here by asking people to cooperate by not using the playgrounds, by respecting the signs, by not using the off-leash parks is going to contribute to saving lives. It's going to contribute to fewer people being sick and it's going to have this whole nightmare over a lot sooner. So I would ask people to please cooperate. You know, please act as if you've been asked because you have to stay home. 
and to stay away from these places. It's not because we're trying to be, you know, people that are unhappy and, and, and killjoys. We are trying to stop a health emergency here and to have it come to an end as soon as possible. Globally, people are realizing this is a war against an invisible enemy. Arriving in New York Harbor, the Navy hospital ship Comfort joins the battle, freeing up beds on land for those infected with the virus. This is a war zone. It's a medical war zone. And just like in war times, factories are being retrofitted to manufacture devices and materials to fight this war. A few weeks ago, Dave Caputo, the owner of a startup in Truscor in the Waterloo region, called a meeting with his employees. With mounting concerns around COVID-19, Dave asked his team how they could repurpose their building materials factory to make products hospitals needed. A few days later, they had four prototypes drawn up. They decided to make large panels, which hospitals could use to subdivide rooms and isolate people with COVID-19 from other patients. Well, on Monday, Panels made of recycled materials were delivered at no cost to several hospitals in the region. Dave and his team showed what Canadians do in difficult times. We don't back down from a challenge. We roll up our sleeves and we get to work. I am Dylan Moore and you're listening to the COVID Diaries. Part of the reason why people aren't taking this as serious as they should be is because... Well, they don't think it'll affect them that bad. People see the statistics showing that the elderly are most at risk. And while that is true, it's not exactly the rule or the law. What I mean by that is that there are still people falling victim to this who are young and have a strong immune system. So with many people not following directions to self-isolate, it is making very many people worried. I'll be honest with you, my immune system is a mystery to me. I used to smoke a pack of cigarettes a day. I don't eat the healthiest. What can I say, I love pastries. I don't exercise that much, unless you count eating 12 donuts in one sitting, which I'll be damned if that doesn't feel like a workout. So who knows how my immune system is actually doing? But I wanted to talk to someone who knew they had an impaired immune system. So I called up Alex Aberdeen. He has neurofibromatosis type two. In 2016, he underwent chemotherapy, and in 2019, he had radiation done. All of this meant he was immunocompromised. And just because a pandemic is ongoing does not mean his doctor appointments stop. And with Alex not living near the city, he actually lives a few hours away in cottage country. This means that when he does have an appointment, he has to head into Toronto the city that is the epicenter for Canada's outbreak. So I had to know what that must feel like. And like many of us, the real enemy is boredom. I'm going a little stir crazy. I'm starting to think with my in my house because I'm getting a little bored easily. Um, like this last week since I've been home, we kind of purged the whole house and like got rid of stuff that we didn't need anymore. And then also, like, we got a dumpster as well to put everything into so we could get rid of it officially. And as Alex talks about the battle against boredom and his frontline defense being, well, spring cleaning, I kind of felt my mind wandering to the squeaks in the background. It sounded like a rusty swing set. But that, no, that didn't make any sense. 
I had to assume he had a horde of dogs running amok in the background. And then had some medical appointments last Sunday. I had an appointment. I had an MRI at the hospital. And that was interesting, actually, because they did um, screenings. Uh, they basically asked the simple questions like, have you had a cold, runny nose, tiredness, shortness of breath, fever, and have you traveled outside the country in the last 14 days? And it was interesting. I said no to all because I don't travel. Or And, and I was like, even through uh, the week where we had off college, I just stayed at home, all, stayed at the residence, more or less in my room, or was at the girlfriend's. I asked Alex to describe his medical situation. Uh, so what I'm dealing with right now is back in Jul- June slash July, uh, I did radiation over the summer. And just recently, I've gotten where it's like numbness on the right side of my face because the tumor they radiate on causes um, is on the nerve that controls the feeling on the right side of the face. So I've been dealing with that. And actually today, we just had a video conference with my doctor about everything. And there was all the evidence I needed to prove there was, in fact, a horde of dogs on the other side of this conversation. And if I were Dog the Bounty Hunter, this podcast would have been over. But I had questions. One being, what is an online doctor's appointment? Were physicals being conducted via video calls now? Something did not add up. They sent me the link to the video service and everything. And then we just did did our appointment that way instead of going down to Toronto, possibly even going into the hospital, maybe even getting it, who knows, because of how, like, everything is. But besides that, it's been quite interesting. It sucks being back at home because, like, I don't have Uber Eats. No Uber Eats. The thought of having to even leave my house for food, that already felt foreign to me. Sure, it only had been a few weeks, but I adapt to change quickly. But was Alex able to adapt? I wasn't quite sure how his medical conditions factored into this. I wanted to know if he was worried and if he considered him. I wanted to know if he was worried and if he actually considered himself to have a compromised immune system. I would say I would have a pretty a weak immune system because in the past, so 2016, I did chemotherapy for a year. Technically, after the first year of college. Wow. Been that while I did uh radiation for six weeks, so like I'm and then every six months or so often I do MRIs as well. So it's like I am pretty sure my body is like fried on the inside. I know I can't give blood or anything. So was Alex in the clear during this pandemic? So luckily today, since we talked to my doctor right now, it's just I've got more meds to be taken, like my meds I've been on to help with the numbness and headaches and stuff, uh, like that. And then I think he said in September, he wants an MRI again, just to see where everything's at. So as of right now, I don't have to go to the city to go to the hospital or do anything like that as of right now. That was good news. But what did it feel like having to head into the city that had the most COVID-19 cases in Canada? It's like, I really don't want to, but it's like, I have to. But if there's a way where we can do it, like video call with, like I did today with my doctor, I would much prefer that than having to go to Toronto. But if it's for an MRI or something, that's fine. I know how to get in and get out ASAP. 
All right. When it comes to medical procedures, MRIs seem quite common. But for a word I was pretty familiar with, I was actually quite unfamiliar with what it was. So for those that didn't know, MRI means a magnetic resonance imaging. And the process itself has to do with moving water molecules into different positions inside of you, taking a picture and then moving them back to the original position. All right, I know I'm probably not describing that 100% correctly, but all I really knew was that it had to do with magnets, big magnets. And I knew if any metal object was in the room that it was a recipe for disaster. All right, now that I got that whole spiel out of the way, I asked Alex to walk me through the procedure. Basically, show up to the hospital, and when you walk in, uh, that's where they're doing the screens. They'll ask those questions, like, have you had a fever? So then you go up to your appointment, you do everything, keeping your social distance with the people working at the desk, like taking your health card and stuff. And then they'll have you fill out a paperwork, which is normal for MRIs. And then you'll get taken to another spot where you'll be able to get your gowns that you have to put on for an MRI, take off everything except your socks, underwear. And then they'll take you for your MRI. And then you just try and get out as soon as possible without really talking to anyone. I didn't want to spend this whole podcast focusing purely on the medical field. And like myself, Alex grew up in a small town up north. So I asked him, how would he describe his town? The countryside, cottage country. Yeah, that's more or less it. So normally it takes about three hours from my house to get to Toronto, just to get into Toronto, not like in the downtown Toronto. It normally takes three hours. But when my dad and I went last Sunday on the 22nd, we made it from my house to the hospital doors in two hours flat. After my MRI, uh, which ironically, that MRI was only 20 minutes long. Two-hour drive, 20-minute MRI. Uh, then we just drove home. So even though Owen's sound was on a good day two hours north of Toronto, a couple weeks ago, they had their first case of COVID-19. Uh, so I think it's been about a couple weeks now since the first case, and we're already up to 10 in the area. And only one has been through community spreading, though. So all the nine out of the 10 have been through um, uh, travel history and whatnot, and then one through community spreading, apparently. I don't think see it much of being an issue up here, but you never know. Also, I'm like 20 minutes south of Owen Sound in the countryside. So like <clears throat> there's more farm fields around here than anything else. I'm at the spot where it's like, I wish there was stuff to do like Uber Eats and stuff where I could get some food. That's another thing about Owen Sound. No Uber Eats or skip the dishes. So as you can tell, the lack of any delivery service is one of the biggest issues of the pandemic for someone who lives in a in a more remote location. And in a spot with so little to do, what could Alex do to keep busy? Uh, picking up guitar back up again. I was playing it on and off in college, but like now that I've got more time, I can actually learn stuff all the way through and just keep myself busy. I want to try and find some puzzles, though. I'm, I'm in the puzzle mood. Besides that, might grow a garden this year. Uh, some vegetables, some tomatoes, peppers, onions, cucumbers. I had a- I asked Alex to expand on his newfound passion of gardening. Um, so I did it. But next thing I knew, he was bringing me on an audio tour of his underground black market roadside vegetable sales. I made I think a hundred bucks that summer. We gra- we planted a lot. 
but we didn't realize how much we planted until they all started to come in and stuff. And it was like, well, okay, looks like um, I can sell some $10 bags just to some friends and family and stuff. So as interested as I was in dropping everything and starting my own under the table cucumber operation, it looked like our time was coming to an end. So I asked Alex if he had one thing to say to, well, I, I guess the world, what would he say? Stay the f home. I don't know. It's just common sense, really. Like, if you have symptoms of it, stay home and isolate for 14 days. If you feel like you're just a little sick as well, stay home. Like, we want to flatten the curve, right? Honestly, I wish that statement wasn't needed to be said over and over again. But people are still refusing to listen to the rules. So many of us are echoing over and over again about social and physical distancing. Each week we are seeing numbers increase at an incredible rate. Sure, we can slow things down, but we all have to work together and stay inside. We're getting close to 1 million cases. And by the time you hear this, chances are we will have surpassed that number. Globally, there are 917,913 cases of COVID-19, with a total death toll of 46,062. In Canada, we have 9,489 cases and 108 deaths. So please, take care of yourself, stay home, and stay healthy.